You're listening to Rootbound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. This episode of Rootbound is once again brought to you by Spring. Should you bring a jacket or not? We'll never tell. Spring. It's cold for longer than you think. In case you couldn't already tell by that simulated record scratch in the transition to the Spring Concerto from Vivaldi's The Four Seasons, this episode of Rootbound is going to be a little bit different. My name is Steve, by the way. Yes, this episode is special. We're not going to be talking about any specific plants in particular, but we're going to be talking about the concept of spring in general and how spring applies to plants. Also, spoiler alert, We're not going to have one guest, but three this time. But we'll get to that soon. In the meantime, I want to talk a little bit about this song, The Spring Concerto from Antonio Vivaldi. While I was getting this episode ready, I learned a fun fact, or maybe it's a dazzling detail, that when Vivaldi published these concertos, he included with each one a sonnet that illustrated the music. So he wrote a poem that described the music that we were hearing, and he included it for everyone who was going to come listen to the concertos in concert. And so it was kind of like he had the first liner notes, which is pretty cool. Um, So before we move on to our uh, guest segment today, I thought it'd be fun to read the Spring Sonnet from Antonio Vivaldi. Now, this is the translated version into English, so the original Italian has the traditional sonnet format. This will not, but I think it's still pretty cool anyway. Here it is. The Spring Sonnet by Antonio Vivaldi Springtime is upon us. The birds celebrate her return with festive song, and murmuring streams are softly caressed by the breezes. Thunderstorms, those heralds of spring, roar, casting their dark mantle over heaven. Then they die away to silence, and the birds take up their charming songs once more. On the flower-strewn meadow, with leafy branches rustling overhead, the goatherd sleeps, his faithful dog beside him. Led by the festive sound of rustic bagpipes, nymphs and shepherds lightly dance beneath the brilliant canopy of spring. Welcome to a special episode of Rootbound. This is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to be talking about a specific plant. We're going to be talking about springtime because it is springtime currently. And we're not going to just have one guest. We're going to have three guests. And so that's fair. Very special episode. And we're just going to talk about spring. And so first I'm going to introduce the, well, I'll have the guests introduce themselves, which is also a little special because that normally happens at the end of the show. But since I thought there's four of us, it might be better to do it up front. Um, but I, I, well, I'll do the introductions and then, and then you can say hi. I think that's better. So first up we have... My wife, Carla, who was on episode three of the podcast, talking about cilantro. Say hi. Hello. And then we have who uh, Anwesha, who was on episode six of the podcast, talking about mangroves. Hello. And also we have her husband, Sinchen, who's not been on the podcast yet, but he will be on an episode eventually. Hey there. Okay. 
So, so we, we are here, we're actually in a phenomenal location. I will post some pictures on the Instagram. It's hard to describe how unreal this is. We are looking at the Matterhorn. Like, we have a private view of the Matterhorn here in Switzerland. Does anyone want to like comment on, on the view? It's stunning. We're standing or sitting actually right in front of the Matterhorn in a grassy patch. There's snow all around us and it's really a great place to celebrate the, you know, oncoming of spring. I totally agree. Um, yeah, uh, just one more clarification. We're in a little town called Riffelalp and there's a hotel here that is closed. So literally we have this whole place to ourselves. It feels like we have a, a private resort. We just had a little picnic and now we're recording the show. Um, and yeah, as far as spring goes, this is a really great example because we're kind of a little bit further down the mountain, but just, just behind us, there's snow on the ground, but in front of us, there's grass, there's grass and starting to be a few little, wi- a few little wildflowers. So we're kind of like right on the edge of spring, which is really neat. We also had a little squirrel who was, uh, uh trying to, you know, ask nicely for some crumbs, um, <laughs> behind us, which was very cute. I'll post a picture of him or her on the, uh, Instagram as well. Um, but before we get started about spring, I think we're all each going to talk about spring and plants and our, our own little um, impressions or, or anecdotes, anything we have to say about spring or plants in spring. But first, Anwesha, do you have Seek on your phone? I do. Can you see what those little yellow flowers are there? Because I don't know what they are. Sure. We're, the, the most colorful thing we're looking at now, we're seeing a lot of grass. Most of it is still brown, but there's a lot of these little yellow flowers and I'm not sure what they are, and I'd be very curious. So if you remember episode, I think episode three, the episode with Carla, I talked about the Seek app, which uses machine learning models and machine vision to identify living things, and mostly plants. So we're going to get a good update here in just a second. And wish is down the hill, scanning a plant. Is it working? She say, you say Colt's foot? she got to say it into the mic. Yeah, it's called Colt's foot. Oh, like C O L T apostrophe S. Can can you uh, can you view species on there? Tell us any other fun facts about the Colt's foot uh, that's there. It's loading. <laughs> we have not very good internet. <laughs> we don't here. have great reception out here, but I will. I'll jump in when I when it. Okay, loads. cool. Um, but that is a species, so it's called that. Yeah. yeah so. I don't have the scientific name though. Yeah, waiting for the well, wait, well, yeah. Just pop in when you have. In the meantime, Carla, do you have any thoughts about plants and the springtime? I do, actually. Well, um, I, I actually like to see plants and flowers and everything um, in the springtime after the, you know, dreary gray of, uh, of, of winter. Uh, because once it stops, you know, being like New Year and, and holidays, it kind of just turns into this gray, um, long period. And so getting that broken up with uh, pops of color in the spring is always a welcome sight. Um, like the daffodils and tulips in D.C. where we live um, is always great. So I enjoy that very much. Yeah, me too. It's always really cool. I mean, when, since we had our garden, we whoever lived in our house before us planted a bunch of daffodils along our driveway. And so it was a really a surprise the first spring that the daffodils popped up. And I really like them. And I'm actually, as far as, you know, I... As far as the scientific stuff that we can talk about this episode, there's there's some things that I that I'm really interested in. Oh, oh, that was a very pretty bird sound. I don't know if you could hear that, but hello, little guy. Anyway, <laughs> little bird saying hello on top of a little fir tree. It looks like. Um, 
But yeah, when it comes to daffodils, I'm really interested in these plants that that store energy in the winter in a bulb or a root or a rhizome. And then they pop up in the springtime. And it's a really interesting thing to think about, like, what is really the plant? It's almost like the plant is more the bulb mm-hmm. than it is the flower, right? Because the bulb is always there, but the flower and the leaves are only there for a short period of time. And I was trying to think, like, there's not really a human equivalent to that. It's kind of like if in the winter, like, your legs, your all you had was legs. <laughs> and then... In the springtime, the rest of your body came out for a little bit. <laughs> but it's a really interesting phenomenon, I think. Um, well, I think the equivalent is in, in the winter, we just hole up at home. And then in the springtime, we finally exit to the house. Yeah, and it's also, like, you know, they say that the uh, the bulbs, you know, are storing the energy all winter. So we maybe store that in a little, a little extra fat. And then... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> well, it's true, right? Even human beings have that... Sort of, we have like uh, yeah. unspoken rules about like in the winter you have like warmer, fattier foods typically and less fresh produce yeah. because you're like storing it sort of, and then in the spring and summer you tend to have, you know, more fresh things. It's growing again, all that stuff. So we have our own seasonal patterns of behavior, I guess. Yeah, just getting some extra tubers, storing some extra tubers <laughs> in my gut. <laughs> so. Just given where we are, actually, um, one of the first times I actually considered spring as a as as its own thing was uh, here in Switzerland. And since we're in Switzerland, I just wanted to mention that because before having lived in California and in Mexico City, I didn't really see the passing of seasons so much. Um, everything was just beautiful and sunny all the time so I didn't really think of um, things like winter and spring and fall and the first time I really experienced that was here in Switzerland when we when when you and I lived here Steve Um, so um, that was a it's nice to be talking about spring here yeah me too I I never um, I never really understood spring actually like I grew up in Texas and Mm -hmm. Southern California and I knew like you read about spring and you're like school books and like watch spring in movies but you know this idea of like all of a sudden everything comes to life and there's color everywhere and it's this real like uh you know rejuvenation resurrection there's somebody singing a song from mountain up there i can't tell where it's coming from it's echoing yeah yeah so yeah i never really understood what spring was either till i moved here to switzerland because i grew up in texas and southern california and yeah it's the same kind of all year round. And I didn't really get this like giant pop of color when all the flowers come out and it's this whole re- resurrection of the year. And it's, you know, you, yeah. makes sense that they put Easter uh, in that time of year because of the, this re- resurrection theme. Um, but yeah, so now, now I really love spring and I don't think I could live in a place that didn't really have that kind of spring anymore. Or at least I think I prefer to have the seasons and have the contrast. I agree. What about you two? Yeah, I, I think I shared your experience in Texas of not having that sudden burst, right? You know, the winter wasn't really that cold growing up, and uh, you'd have a, a long period before the summer of, like, you know, pretty good weather. But there wasn't that explosion, and ultimately, I guess, it comes down to in the winter, not everything was as dead, and in the summer, not everything was really jumping back to life that quickly. And, uh, you know, going to school in Boston... 
I would, you know, suffer through the winter. And then when the <laughs> summer would come around, we'd leave uh, for like internships or go elsewhere. So I, I was just like, oh, you know, there's nothing called spring. It's a hoax. Uh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no pop of color. And I, I've always imagined spring to be this long season, multiple months of perfect weather and bloomingness and things of that nature. But, you know, being in Switzerland right now, I, I see that it is rather that transition. It does not have to be like a three month long transition. It could be overnight. And it's the pop rather than the uh, existing existence of the flowers that uh, I think define spring to me right now. Yeah, I think it's a transitionary season. It's a season. Yeah, it's really that's a good point. What about you, Anwesha? Um, I mean, likewise, I grew up in a warm place as well <laughs> in Florida. So I did not see seasons until much later in life as well. Um, and But then later in college and especially now, I like came to appreciate it so much because every time, every single year, it feels like it'll never come. You know, it's uh-huh. always just like one week later than you think it will be. I don't know why that happens every year. And the other thing that's really interesting, I mean, Sinchan said it sort of happens overnight. And I think that's so, so cool, too. Like every year it it feels like, was that flower there yesterday? You know, like it's just like out of nowhere. It just all springs back to life. And I think there's some saying about, I think it's about being going broke, actually. I think there's a saying that says it happens gradually and then all at once. Um, going broke. Um, but I, I think spring also happens like that. It happens gradually and then all at once. Like you sort of don't notice you're still wearing your heavy coats and your scarves. And then one day you go outside and like this whole plant just came back out of nowhere. Um, and there's flowers and ivy and especially the trees. I like watching the bud break too, where it's like, there's all these twigs and you think that they're dead. Um, but then all of a sudden they're covered in leaves again, sort of overnight. That was well said. That was well said. Another thing maybe we could talk about then, you know, we talked about this this concept of, of the roots and the bulbs that store the energy over the winter, and there's really cool plants like that. For example, one we've talked about on the show already is pokeweed does that. Pokeweed completely dies back in the in the winter and just stores the roots in the bulb. But another interesting, I think, springy thing that I didn't learn about until recently, there's a concept called cold stratification. Have you ever heard of that? Nope. Um and I just I just looked it up today because I realized I know what it means, but I didn't know why it was called that. So cold stratification is when you a seed needs to be cold for a certain amount of time before it will actually um, germinate. So like there's certain plants that you could plant the seed in the ground, and if the seed never gets below a certain temperature, it will never ger- germinate. Um, and the stratification part apparently comes from when when the when people discovered this and they started trying to germinate seeds on purpose, the first time they did it, they would like in a pot, put a layer of, of soil and then a layer of seeds and a layer of soil and a layer of seeds, trying to simulate the, the, the regular system in the ground. And so it was a stratification of, of earth that they were laying down. So that word stratification doesn't actually have to do with like a method for germination because there's other kinds of stratification that you can do it with like moisture. And I think you can, some, some seeds need to be like, abrased a little bit they need to be like roughed up and that mm-hmm. is kind of stratification but it, the name comes from that first method where they were laying down layers of soil to try to simulate the way the seeds would be in the soil and so it was stratified but yeah i think that's pretty interesting that the seeds kind of have i mean there's probably some science about this so if you if you know look it up but it's really interesting to think about how do the seeds know that they need to be cold for a certain amount of time 
right? That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And and the fact that they need the cold is just so funny because, like, when you think of, like, what do living things need to grow, you think, oh, like, heat and moisture, um, like, being cold for a certain period of time certainly never kind of registers as a thing that's necessary for growth. But it it is. Yeah, I, I think it might even be a signal of, like, where they came from. Because maybe for them to expect and wait for that time when it's the, just the right time to spring up, they need for the winter to be over. And mm-hmm. if it's not cold, then they don't know that it's almost time to jump. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like if, if it never got cold, they wouldn't want to germinate because they think the cold will be here soon, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to risk germinating if you haven't been cold for a while first because... Yeah, that's really that's it's like a, the logic of a seed, which is really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. what kind of like little programming is in there? You know, like that that knows how to do that. I mean, the seed is like you would think about seeds as being these like kind of like uh, you know inanimate objects, right? But they're mm-hmm. like a little a little computer program almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. In computer science, there's this concept of state machines, and you basically draw, draw these diagrams where you have states and then you say that it transitions from this state to that state using XYZ transition. And, you know, learning that spring is a transition, we really have to think about, okay, what's the state before and what's the state after? Mm-hmm. And I guess different seeds have different definitions for that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's amazing. Really good <laughs> analogy. By the way, I was able to load the information about the Colts foot. Oh, so cool. Not to change topics. No, please. But just briefly uh, jumping in here. So it's called, the scientific name is Tusilago farfara. Um, and it's it's related to a bunch of plants. It's in the, I think in the on the podcast you've talked about the Asteraceae. Astra- Asteraceae. I remember Asteraceae. you said it like. <laughs> Asteraceae, I think. A lot of times on yes. the podcast. Yeah, I, I was going to guess it was an Asteraceae because yeah. they kind of almost look like uh-huh. A little dandelion from a distance. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's in that family. It's related to sunflowers, daisies, um, and uh, it says it's native to this area. So I, I think we can tell that because we've been seeing them all over. Uh-huh. Um, and they're native to Europe and parts of Western and Central Asia. Um, the name Tusilago is derived from Latin t- tusis, which meaning means cough. And ago, which means to cast or to act on. And so it was used in traditional medicine back in the day. As a cough medicine? I I think so. It doesn't say that specifically, but I think so. Um, But then that fell out of fashion because there was the discovery of a toxic alkaloid in the plant that caused some liver health concerns. Mm. So no longer used in that way, but it is very beautiful. Yeah, it is very beautiful. And that's interesting that its Latin name actually has to do with its... um, Medicinal. It's medicinal effect. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Ah, well, hello, Colt's foot. <laughs> I wonder why it's called Colt's foot in English. That's true. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't literally look like a Colt's foot. No. Um, but yeah, they're really cute. Um, I mentioned in the the previous episode, English ivy also used as a cough medicine, but also has some alkaloids where people are not oh. really supposed to use it. But it is in some. It is in some commercial cough medicines still. So I wonder if some of this stuff is as well. I wonder. I'm gonna Uh-oh. maybe someday we'll do a real episode about Colt's foot, and uh, we'll we'll uh, let you know. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone else have any other stories about spring? Those are my two scientific things I want to talk about, which is cold stratification and like storing roots and tubers and rhizomes. Mm-hmm. But uh, any other like anecdotes about spring or anything? Yeah, one of the things that I 
learned here in Switzerland from from when I lived here. Um, I, I never verified this, but it sounds romantic, so I'm going to say it anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that um, certain flowers come up at certain temperatures? Uh, for example, like there's certain flowers that will come up at five degrees Celsius, and there's other flowers that will come up at ten degrees Celsius, um, and so on. So it's just kind of interest. Uh, and, and you do see flowers come up at different times, mm -hmm. so I wonder if it has to do with the actual temperatures or the time, but it's really nice to get a variety of flowers, like just little flowers that are blue or or white flowers first, and then little flowers that are yellow or orange or pink a little bit later. Um, it's kind of fun to see the variety at different times. Yeah, that's true. One thing that's really cool about uh, going up the mountains on a train like this, as you go down, you kind of see the transition to spring actually happen in one day because of that gradation in temperature. Mm -hmm. And up at the top of the mountain, there's like no plants. But as you get down, there's more and more. And we're still about pretty high, so it's still a little bit like brown and stuff, except for the colt's foot. But uh, as we went down the mountain, there's more and more flowers. And yeah, I think that that's an interesting thing about, yeah, the, the plants know when to come out at their temperature or their environmental conditions again they're again they're little computer programs yeah yeah um yeah i completely agree and i think um living in brooklyn i see that a lot where it's like it almost is a season for each flower but the season is like one week long but you'll get you know all the daffodils all at once and then all the tulips all at once and it's amazing because it's sort of like a secret underground garden that doesn't show up until you know this certain time of year oh. but they're all there sort of waiting and certain people have the most amazing gardens where i think they've planned it out that way so uh -huh. like you'll see look different shaped patches just sort of come up or like they have shaped it in a triangle or a star or something and so all the flowers when they come out at that time um from the bulbs or but yeah, from the bulbs, it's really amazing to see the different sort of like built-in landscaping. I mean, they did it once, but mm -hmm. then it comes back every year, which is really cool to see. Yeah, that is super cool. I, um, I wonder what it'd be like to like explore that underground garden. Like, yeah. Because like, you know, that, 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 I mean, that's something so hard for us to wrap our heads around, but the plants are just as alive underneath the ground as they are above the ground. But it's mm -hmm. like a world that we can't really like ever really see, which is, I think, pretty interesting. And it's like, yeah, it is a little garden down there. Mm -hmm. um, pretty cool. Any other uh, anecdotes about spring? Not That's that okay. Right That's now. all right. Well, we <laughs> I think we maybe just need to transition to just uh, enjoying this view that we have here, which I said I'll post some pictures of because it's phenomenal. And, um, and I hope you enjoyed our spring special episode here. And um, I'm thinking about doing special episodes per season. I think it's kind of a fun little way to mix things up. So um, if you enjoyed that, let me know. Um, if not, you can also let me know, but I probably won't pay attention to it. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, well, have, have a wonderful spring. Bye. 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 That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Early spring is one of the most exciting times of the year. As the days and nights warm up, the ice starts to move out of the rivers and everything comes back to life. I hear a distant roar of avalanches racing down the mountainside into a valley far below to join a glacier ice-filled river grinding its way to the sea. Snow in the mountains hangs on late into the spring and early summer. That's not a waterfall, but a small avalanche of ice. 
When spring is dancing in the mountains, the whole country comes back to life, and nature's wildflowers start to cover the landscape. Okay, Steve, Steve's back here. We're all back here. I lied. The show's not over. Just to end the show is I have a little surprise here in my pocket, which is some Swiss whiskey. <laughs> so here, open nice. that one, Carla. Uh, Swiss whiskey made from uh, local barley, um, distilled down in the valley and aged up on the top of the mountain. So we haven't talked about barley yet, but this is liquid barley in its... Uh, best possible form and if we can, we've got two bottles but we can open it up let's uh let's do a little cheers and then we can each share a little bottle and actually in the show here like this cheers Woo. cheers yeah take a drink yeah i'm gonna take a little drink myself oh, yeah. mm. Mm. good stuff oh, yeah. all right <laughs> have a good spring everybody My guests on this special spring episode of Root Bound were Carla Arias, my wife, who you can listen to more on episode three of the podcast, where she talks about cilantro. Anwesha Banerjee, who was on episode six of the podcast talking about mangroves. And Sinchan Banerjee, who hasn't talked about a plant on the podcast yet, but keep your eye out for that episode. It will be coming sooner than later. Root Bound is hosted by me, Steve Ellington. Music by Christian Krikoskota. Fake ads by David Lani. Rootbound is a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside, but if you can go outside, enjoy the spring. Spring! It's cold for longer than you think!